We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Coachable family, welcome to the Coachable Podcast. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, and today is a very exciting day. We are in the studio with the one and only Mama Gina, and Mama Gina's in the Mama house. Mama Gina is in the Mama house. Mama Gina's in the house. You can all calm down. <laughs> we, um, this is a woman who deserves the all the applause. The red carpet rolled out for her, which we did <laughs> not have today, but should have, um, because she is truly revolutionizing the world with empowering women to take their pussy back, take their power back, mm-hmm. and really embody what it truly means to be in the flow of the divine feminine and the healing that that brings to the planet. And she is an author. She is a speaker. She's a media personality. She is the author of the best-selling book, Pussy, A Reclamation, that I had the honor of reading several years back. Oh, is that how I got here? Because you read Pussy I read and you're Pussy. like, okay. I read Pussy Great. at the beginning of my awakening journey. Oh, this is, oh, I'm going to want to hear every detail. And um, since then, it was crazy. I I read the book, put it down, and then only in the last, like, year has, your name has resurfaced. And I'm like, oh, this is the woman. This is the woman that set, kind of, set the tone for what's possible for Mm -hmm. me as a woman and helped me to understand the levels in which I had not yet unlocked within my own body and within my own Mm -hmm. soul and started to access that. And Mm so this woman, you, Mama Gina, are a reference point. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. So like quick and dirty, just like, especially for the listeners, right? What was the Tory before and the Tory after? Tory before was good girl. The good girl, a religious good girl that was afraid to do anything wrong afraid to bring attention to herself, afraid, like a shell of a a woman that was putting on a mask and a facade because she was afraid of the shame and the attention and of being Mm. wrong. Uh, So well said. I think so many women feel exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly that way. Because when you, you know, you take... A woman's access to her 
body, her feminine, her erotic aliveness mm -hmm. away from her, shame moves into the station mm -hmm. and permeates everything. So let's say the before Pussy Tori would not be sitting in no. this seat with me, creating ripples in the world no. in the way you're creating not ripples in the world. So she was hiding. So she was oh. fully hiding. And that's what shame oh. does, right? Mm -hmm. Shame wants to go live in the darkness and hide and, and keep things secret and not talk about them. And so my relationship to own my own body and my pleasure, which mm -hmm. is what you are so like, so divinely gifted at helping women access, um, was so shut down. Mm -hmm. And through reading your book, there was also a lot of grief that came through. <sighs> oh, yeah, I feel that. Yeah. And by the way, if anybody listening to this podcast, it feels like you are flooded with shame that you cannot overcome. Mm -hmm. You can overcome. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be the beginning of the opening of that portal. And with this sisterhood and yours, you're going to find next steps and next steps and next steps because no woman should spend her life locked and blocked behind shame. Mm -hmm. That is something that we can release from and... Here you are, example. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it feels so good. And that that the grief that I had in reading your book was the grief for the part of me mm. that didn't know it was safe uh, or I had permission right. to be more, to mm -hmm. be all that I am, to mm -hmm. own all of that, that mm -hmm. it was okay. Mm -hmm. It was okay to desire. It was okay mm -hmm. to feel good in my body. It was okay to prioritize my pleasure. So I want right. to sort of start with you Let's there. Let's do Let's start there. Around our desires, mm -hmm. especially as women, um, you know, our education around sex, our mm -hmm. education around pleasure is minimal and terrible. And so depending on where you, for me, I grew up in the Bible belt. Okay. I grew up in a, my, my family wasn't very religious, but I found community in the church. That was my a, first was place to Remarkable find and brilliant choice. Yeah. And it came with a price. It did. But it was worth it at the time because yes. you got community. And I didn't know what I was giving up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At the time. I didn't know what I was sacrificing yeah. and, and what and I was And no being... woman does because it's not just a Bible belt. Every belt is some kind of sure. belt. It's some kind of like chokehold on the feminine because we live in a world, I, I'm going to call it a patriarchal world mm -hmm. culture, a world that prioritizes the values of men. Mm-hmm you know, going out, achieving, accomplishing, showing up, working hard, and not only deprioritizes the feminine, but ignores the feminine, puts down the feminine, disapproves of the feminine. Um, there's r really no woman alive that hasn't experienced some kind of consequence of living in a culture in where she's either um, experienced a, a verbal f or abuse, physical abuse, being ignored, being overlooked, uh, making 70 cents on the dollar that a man is making in the same spot. There's, there's a lot of almost invisible prejudices mm -hmm. that women shrink to accommodate living inside of a culture that doesn't even, I, I was listening, there's a little clip floating around right now of Meryl Streep saying, uh, she says, you know, women have learned to speak man, mm. but men don't speak woman. Mm. 
And then immediately one of the guys on the panel with her said, what Meryl's trying to say here, you know, and it was just <laughs> Let so... Let me mansplain you what she's <laughs> yeah. trying to say. Which is so perfect because it's those kinds of things that those invisible chokeholds are very disempowering because, you know, uh, how this, how, how this like whole... Well, let me just ask you and think about this uh, if you're listening to this. When you were growing up, when you were a little girl, what did your parts get called? We rarely talked about that. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yes. as Because uh, I had a sister. We, there, I had no brothers. But like your hoo-ha or something? Okay. You had, a, you had a hoo-ha. Great. And, and I'll, I will ask this question, you know, to any room that I'm teaching to, whether it's a thousand women or a hundred women. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, what did you, mm -hmm. you get called now? And then, and, and I get a variety of answers. I get like hoo-ha, coochie, mm -hmm. uh, pee pee hole, mm -hmm. front bottom, uh, purse, knish, really? uh, uh, like uh, kitty, uh, yeah. uh, huge, massive names. And half of the women they'll say nothing yes there was no word there was no there was no word it, it that's it sort of was blank it's sort of me. blank it was blank and then i'll have like the daughters of gynecologists that'll be like well we called it a vagina, vagina. <laughs> and then i'll be like but it's not a vagina mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's how strange it is because if i ask a room full of men you know, hundred men, a thousand men. I'll be like, "What did your parts get called?" And they'll be like, "Penis." Yep. What's your problem, Mama? You know, and it, 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 so it's just so different. And why is that even significant or important? Well, you know, picture like you're a little girl and I'm a little girl, and we're in kindergarten, and we were riding the seesaw, mm -hmm. and we both bumped ourselves, and you know, because mm -hmm. we went crashing to the mm -hmm. ground, and we had like, and you'd run to the teacher, and you'd say. <gasps> my hoo-ha hurts. And I'd run to the teacher and say, um, my knish or my kitty mm -hmm. hurts. And the teacher would be like, what, what do we even do with that? Uh, where is that? Yeah. Do you even, what are those what are things? Like, about? what are you talking about? You know? So it's like, we have separation amongst yeah. women. We don't even have a, a language for that, which is essentially feminine, like the heart and beating core mm -hmm. of our unique feminine identity and there is no word mm -hmm. and it jesus said in the beginning there was the word mm -hmm. there you know you, if, how, how would we describe the internet yeah if we didn't have the word internet you'd be like yeah uh, there, there's like invisible like right <laughs> waves and <laughs> um I don't know like really what it is, but like it makes my phone work right. and I can get email, you know. So it's like language is super, super important. Central. And so uh, because we don't have that commonality amongst women, we don't have even have the word. Mm -hmm. Immediately a, a little girl thinks, oh, wow, something's, something's wrong with me because we can't even say name it's unspeakable it's unspeakable and so immediately she starts to feel not just shame about her what i like i taught my daughter that the word is vulva mm -hmm. because it's the exterior genitalia uh and the vagina you can't see except a gynecologist with a speculum sure. we'll see so uh but when she she doesn't even have the word she feels so much shame, like something must be wrong with her, some, or something must be wrong with me. And then that shame starts to permeate, and it goes not just 
to her vulva, but she starts thinking that her body is wrong because right. it's not conforming to the masculine value that's honored and celebrated, or her thoughts are wrong, or the way she is experiences her emotions are wrong. Like that wrong, that body hatred, that self-hatred, that self-doubt, that self-deprecation, it starts to spread everywhere right. because she doesn't even have a word to describe that which is most essentially feminine and sacred mm. about herself. So it, it's 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 not just a Bible Belt problem, it's sure. an every belt problem. And, uh, and it's something that w- because it's so invisible, we don't even know that we've had this power removed by uh, the exterior patriarchal culture. And by the way, when I say patriarchy, I am not talking about men. Mm-hmm. I love men. Men are amazing. And men actually suffer from this culture the, the patriarchal world culture is just as much as we do, if not more, in very different ways. Yeah. So it's like every mama has an opportunity through her own connection to her own body and her own recognition like, oh, wow, like I can connect Mm -hmm. to my vulva. Or in my case, I like to call it a pussy because Mm -hmm. it's so sassy Mm -hmm. and kind of nasty. And it makes women laugh when you say pussy. That's the the whole point. It, well, that was the word that was the unspeakable word. That's the unspeakable word. That your book helped me, which is why it's called a reclamation because it was like, no, I want to take this back and make it mean what it what it essentially means yeah. instead of using it as a degrading or whatever yes. word. Yes. No, this is a powerful yes. word that I get to own and make my own. And yes. I get to, I get to set the standard for how that is used. Exactly. And, but what you're saying is so important and foundational because it is what you just said. The fact that we don't even have terminology right. and language for this stuff. And the fact that I couldn't even speak openly about it with my mother or my right. sister or my, my, the closest women mm-hmm. to me who should be educating me about these things. It was like, so where do we go to learn about mm-hmm. it? And, <laughs> and this is the foundation for our identity. Yeah, exactly. Our identity gets built upon this not knowing who we are exactly okay and it's it's even more crazy than that because like let's say if we don't own our power we don't even know we have power right um you know for example like let's say we're one back in the schoolyard you know and Mm -hmm. and we're uh you know uh i'm you and I are playing and we have this little friend and his name is Biff mm-hmm. and we're like playing the score and he has a penis and we have nothing or, you know, a, a little hoochie or whatever you have. It, we don't think anything's wrong, right? But then as we get to be, I don't know, 9, 10, 11, 12, maybe 13, we start to, our bodies are starting to change. Mm-hmm. And suddenly we look at Biff and we're like, ah, oh, he's so handsome Mm -hmm. he's so hot oh wow and maybe even biff maybe he flirts with us or he gives us a little kiss and we feel all tingly inside Mm -hmm. and we don't know why and then suddenly instead of knowing oh that is my power my erotic aliveness is awakening inside of me how splendid and spectacular that this experience of myself as a, a little young teen, tween or teen, I am getting this flood of sensation. Wow. 
We don't think that at all. No. We think, oh, Biff, oh, he makes me feel this way. Mm. I need him. I need to chase after him because it's only in his presence that I get to feel this alive. And then we become like chasing power instead of owning power because we're always thinking something outside of ourselves externalized. is going to give us that sense of ourselves. Mm. And it doesn't even have to be a cute boy or girl, depending on your mm -hmm. sensual or sexual orientation or openness. Mm -hmm. It might be like you think you have to get into Harvard or your life is meaningless or you have to get married and have a baby and your life is meaningless. Like it is a sense that you are not enough and there's something outside of yourself that will complete you. And oh my Jesus, Mary, Joseph, Yahweh, Buddha, <laughs> all the people out there, like that is a big problem. Because then you have a bunch of women who are chasing all of that radiance that truly lives within. Mm -hmm. And she will never find if she's running after it somehow. Okay. Ugh, so it makes me need to lie it's down. So I need to rest. Good. <laughs> it's so essential. <laughs> I need you to tell. I've heard you tell this story. And it brought me to tears when I heard you talk about the goddess. Oh, and how you found oh, yeah. the goddess. Oh, boy. And not your path. From going to searching out there, where yeah. is she? How do I find her? How do I connect with her? Yeah, that that eroticism, that aliveness, the creator of all that is. Mm -hmm. How did you? Where where did you discover? Okay, her? so I'm gonna tell you a wacky story, but you know, there's a lot of wacky stories. So, <laughs> I grew up with a um, in a family that had uh, uh, abuse patternings. Mm -hmm. So I had that experience of abuse from a little girl but you know you don't think anything it's like home you know it's fine yeah. I would probably I'm sure the kind of abuse that I had was nothing compared to the kinds of abuse patternings that exist in so many cultures in so many corners of this worst world and earth that are so much more devastating than what was happening in my family but nevertheless it had a consequence inside of me and so uh I I, I just I I somewhere around the age of four or five or six, I, I just remember thinking like, I'm not looking forward to the day anymore. Like I'm just feeling like, and then, and I thought like, how could that be? I'm a child. Like I'm supposed to be enthusiastic. And then you had that awareness. At yeah. That which is weird. I remember looking, because I was ridiculously enthusiastic. I was like one of those children that, you know, like my mother would teach me just go outside and jump rope until I wake up. You mm. know, I was like, I was probably running around the house saying, where's everybody? Yeah. You know, yeah. The day has begun and people wanted to sleep. So, uh, <laughs> I, when that, around that time I had this experience of the goddess coming to me, which, uh, and she would sit like on my pillow and I couldn't really see her, but I could feel this sort of presence of this beauty and radiance and it would make me feel like all kinds of like delicious and liquidy and yummy inside and I'd, so I'd want to see her and I'd turn but when I w went direct she would vanish and vaporize and she never said anything she was just there and it was so, just like a sense you could sense. feel the sense of yeah something that and and like calling yes it. It would, and so I I came up with this scheme where she was like okay Maybe in addition to there being a god, there's also a goddess. And maybe she's like with the Catholics because my friend Susan Murphy was Catholic. And so I, I made Susan take me to church because I thought if they have Christmas and like 
Christmas fairies and Christmas decorations. There's got to be like goddesses yeah. going on in the Catholics. Yeah. There, and I and so they took me to church, but there was like nothing. So then I thought, well, I'll keep. It was very, you know, as you know, churches. It was mm-hmm. not the goddess. No. Okay, so I went to other, you know, um, Baha'i shrine, Buddhist shrine. Like I just went to all the different temples that I could get people to take me to as a kid, looking for the goddess. But I never, as you can imagine, found her. Mm-hmm. And somewhere, uh, you know, I went to college, got out of college. Uh, I wanted to be an actor, so I moved to New York City. But somehow all of the congestion of my life, like I just was, I was so filled with shame and I had so little confidence that I couldn't even bring myself after a certain point to even audition because I knew I didn't know who I was Mm -hmm. as a woman and I didn't know where my aliveness was and I had no sense of my own value or importance and I just was depressed and disenfranchised and you know suicidal ideations and I was just I was fucking lost Mm -hmm. okay so somewhere along the line someone invited me to take a acting class and I went to the class and the teacher of the class said you're good actress but you have no sensuality Mm. you're like just, you know, wooden, wouldn't, yeah. yeah, wooden vanilla, you know, probably like you after you mm-hmm. got out of all, yes. you know, you pre pussy. So uh, I, and so I was like, oh shit, I need to work that out. So I'll take a class in it. And I took a class from a place called Moore University. It was called Basic Sensuality. And at one point in the class, they had you do an exercise where you were uh, to, pretend as if the most important person was coming to visit you mm-hmm. but the secret was it was you and so you set up your apartment or your room with candles and flowers and chocolates and taking a bath and like treating yourself mm-hmm. and this was such a shock to me because I, I came from you know I my mother's a Jewish mother and passed that legacy on to me and I knew that my purpose was to take care of my family, take care of my parents, take care of my boss, take care of everyone else. But I never learned anything about taking care of myself right. or addressing my own pleasure. I was just like a vehicle for service, and so I'd never done anything like addressing my pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I noticed as I set up for this experience, lit the candles, put on music, time and space changed. And I wasn't rushing, I was like, whoa. There was so much pleasure everywhere. The music, the taste of the bubbly water with the squeeze of lemon. It was just, I was like, wow. And then I looked in the mirror as part of the exercise was to view yourself in the mirror. So I've got the candles, I've got the music, I've got these little beautiful taste sensations. I've just come from the bath. I look at myself in the mirror for literally maybe the first time without looking for my pimples or my problems. I looked in the mirror and I saw the goddess looking back at me. And I was like, that's where she's been hiding. She's been hiding inside of every single woman, and we do not know. And the woman's access to her divinity is not working hard, taking care of others, manning up. It's paying attention to your own 
pleasure, to your own joy above all other values. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh shit, I got to <laughs> tell every woman. Yeah, I found her. <laughs> I got to tell there's the goddess. Yeah, She's here and she's in every woman and women don't know that. And I feel like the world would change if women knew they were divine. So uh, from there, <sighs> my life took a completely different turn. Mm. So I, I, I want to say just like, really just like as an aside, yeah. anybody who's listening to this podcast and you feel like you've got a dream inside you, that is, you have a calling, you have something that is new, uniquely yours to bring to the world like you have found and are finding more and more every day, follow it. There is nothing more important than paying attention to your desires because the world requires our desires to evolve. And it's time for women to stop keeping a lid on their longings, even when they're crazy out there, like me deciding to awaken the goddess inside of every woman, you know, a girl in a dream. Uh, oh yeah, it's possible. Yeah. A shy, tortured girl with a dream, the best. You know, I think being tortured is helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the the beauty and the, like, the, when I hear you tell that story, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> and I love holy shit because I'm like, there is holy in some shit. Yeah, that's, that is for sure. I think that's where the holy lives. Is yeah. in the shit. <laughs> yeah, it's so oh, true. It's like, and so true. this is the, like that moment of reverence where you find her and you see her and you're like, oh, she's been this close all along. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, and and now there's this access, like I can never not know that. I, right. Once you see her, yeah. once that light turns on, you can never unsee it. And That's you right. know that like you can access her whenever you mm -hmm. choose. And mm -hmm. the vibrancy, even as you were just talking about the the simple pleasures of the bubble bath or the, the sparkling water or this or that, it's like the vibrancy, the color that break, comes into life. Right. And the presence right. that, when you drop in, oh, this is what it means to be present. Yes, first of exactly. All. And how life just starts to morph and transform in front of your mm -hmm. eyes, literally. Mm -hmm. And the sensation of everything becomes, you're no longer numb. It You can feel, you right. can sense on so many different levels. Exactly. Oh, it's so good. It's so juicy. So here's my question. And then you came right back to desire, which is where I wanted to go with yeah. this because, and you said, follow your desires, listen to those longings. So many women, they shut that down and they're mm -hmm. like, no, just be grateful for what you have. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't ask for more. Mm -hmm. Just be grateful for what you have. That longing that's like, maybe there's something else. Maybe uh, there's that feeling that I want to feel, but I don't know how to access. Yeah. And But I'll just take what I'm given. I'll just tolerate what mm -hmm. I'm given, mm -hmm. right? Instead of listening to your desires. Because for me, I was taught, your heart is deceitful. Don't listen to your heart. Don't listen to your desires. That will lead you astray. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, so much of my unlearning wow. okay. is that, has been mm -hmm. around that actually my, de my desires are the path. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that, I'm supposed to lean into my curiosity. I'm supposed mm -hmm. to lean into my questioning. I'm supposed to lean into the thing that I'm like hungry and craving versus deny myself. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, it's interesting, like women, the women have a lot of problems with desires. Yeah. First of all, we don't know what we want. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, like you go out on a date with, some guy, some woman, and 
they say to you, well, where would you like to go? Mm. I don't know. Where I do you want to go? <laughs> I don't know. Like, or, or what do you want to eat? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to eat? Like we immediately offload the uh, longing onto someone else. Having to even sit with. Yeah. What do we want? Uh, because we're ready. We don't know what we want. We haven't done the research on it. Uh, and then even once we know what we want, the first and most immediate thing happens is we think, oh God, I can never get it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to get it. So why even bother? I shouldn't ask for it. Yeah. I so, mean, yeah. you know, uh, like, okay, maybe I want to go to that four-star restaurant, but nobody will want to take me there, mm-hmm. you know, because like it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. So why would we shut it down? And then the third difficulty and challenge with desire is that once we actually get something, oh, it's hard to have it. Mm to let it in, you know, we want to just push it away and, and not really receive it because women haven't, you know, we don't want to be perceived of as greedy or yeah. Like, well, who am I to have that? You know, uh, we, we, you know, we're taught, you don't want, you know, don't be greedy. Don't ask for too much. So it's very challenging to realign a woman, to be able to really just sink into the deliciousness of not even, we, women are so easy and, 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 and so much fun around pleasure mm-hmm. and desire. We don't even need to have the thing. Just like imagining a desire is so, is so incredible. fantasy of it's it. It's so, yeah, the, oh it's my like, goodness, mm-hmm. like to just have something that you long for. So mm-hmm. I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor of this week's episode, Camuso Design. Camuso is one of my all-time favorite favorite brands because they are not just a jewelry brand. They are truly my hack for relieving anxiety and stress in my day-to-day life. And I'm about to tell you why. I wear their shift necklace. It is an absolutely beautiful stainless steel necklace that is designed in such a way to help you relieve stress and be more calm. And genuinely, that's exactly what it does. I wear this all the time because all I have to do is breathe. I, as you guys know, I'm a breathwork facilitator. I absolutely love the power of breath. And with the Camuso Design Shift Necklace, it is a simple, beautiful reminder that hangs around my neck to remind me to stop, slow down, breathe deeply, and allow my body to do the rest. Because we truly are our own medicine if we allow ourselves to be. So with this necklace, all I have to do is take a deep inhale through my nose, and breathe out through this beautifully crafted necklace. I breathe into the necklace itself. And what it does is it naturally elongates my exhale, helping me to downregulate into my parasympathetic nervous system, feel calmer and clearer in just a few seconds. This is the best thing you can do for yourself is gift yourself the gift of calm with Camusa Design or a friend. I gave these away when I was at Burning Man on the playa and every single person that I gifted one to was so grateful and amazed. They have beautiful stains for women, men, and children. So this is one of the absolute like favorite things I have in staples in my closet, but also one of my very favorite wellness secrets that I'm no longer keeping secret. So make sure you guys go over to camusodesign.com slash coachable to get 15% off your order today. That is camusodesign.com. 
K-O-M-U-S-O design.com slash coachable and receive 15% off your order. Now back to our episode. Mm. I remember the first time I heard someone say, a woman tell me that you deserve what you desire. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, well, that's that's interesting. I've never heard that before. <laughs> you know, even though... Um, but it was such a contrast to what I had thought I was supposed Mm -hmm. to suppress and deny Mm -hmm. the things that I wanted. And as a byproduct of that, so I, I started to open and your, your work has helped me with like, where does one begin with connecting to her sensuality? Where does one begin with Mm -hmm. reclaiming her pussy? Where does one Mm -hmm. begin with Mm -hmm. tapping into the goddess within and the divine feminine? Mm -hmm. For me, it was just looking at all the ways I denied it in the first place, which was just, here's a compliment Mm -hmm. and just receive it. Just allow it to sit in. Like, let that sit. Don't be like, oh, well, you look so beautiful. Thanks, but like, no, I'm having a horrible hair day or whatever. Just let it land. That was like the beginning. That's good. That's a really good beginning. Another way you can feed and fuel your desires mm-hmm. and feed and fuel your sensuality is with the experience of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Because whenever you have an experience of pleasure, um, it turns on all of your neurotransmitters, including beta endorphin, serotonin, prolactin, mm-hmm. all the hormones of bonding, the feel good hormones. And when those are kicked on, it ameliorates. The cortisol, the stress hormone. Mm-hmm. So it's pleasure is kind of the fuel of the of desire and the fuel of the erotic. So, uh, and, and and if you think about it, each of us as women were designed. We have eight thousand nerve endings dedicated to pleasure. Mm-hmm. That's the clitoris, mm-hmm. and men don't have an organ like that. You know, a guy's cock. While it is a pleasure center for sure, it only has 4,000 nerve endings dedicated to pleasure. Plus, it's a multi-tool. Yep. It does a lot of things. It pees, it ejaculates, it's busy. It has places to go pee. Yeah, to our clit just our feels. Clit, our clit, all she does is she just like, oh yeah, I can feel that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A little more of that. You know, It doesn't yeah. do anything except mm-hmm. receive mm-hmm. pleasure. Mm-hmm. And it never atrophies mm. and it doesn't disease. Mm. So it's a remarkable it's really, it's remarkable, but, it, but what it means is sort of like how function follows form. Like we would not want to serve a slice of pizza in this cause it's a cup mm-hmm. and you don't, and the same thing with like a, the, the feminine body in order to take advantage of what does that mean? The functionality of 8,000 nerve endings designed mm-hmm. for pleasure. What it means is if 8,000 of your thoughts every day are not about your pleasure, you're not living the design of what it means to be a woman. If 8,000 of your decisions, 8,000 of your longings, then you're not living the design. And you want to live the design mm-hmm. because uh, actually it's a contribution. If you're pleasured, right? If you and I pay attention to our pleasure, if our well is filled, then we have nothing but surplus mm. for our men, our women, our children, our families. But if that well is empty and you know so many girlfriends. Dry. Dry as a bone. And they, they, when women ignore their pleasure, they start to blame others. They're like, okay, I'm, I'm never going to be happy. And it's because of my husband. Mm. He never remembers my birthday. He's going out drinking every night with his friends. 
He, he doesn't pay attention to me, even though I'm standing here and saying, look at me, mm-hmm. pay attention. To me. You know, if he did, I would run and hide. Like if <laughs> yeah. he gave me his full presence, I wouldn't know what even to do with it. Yeah. And when she doesn't exactly. And when she isn't paying attention to her pleasure, she's blaming another person for the fact that she is not fulfilled and it's not ever going to be possible to fulfill her until she chooses Mm -hmm. to plug into the gift and the grace and the miracle Mm -hmm. of being born a woman. Mm -hmm. You know, she who bleeds but does not die and gives life, like that is fucking sacred. Mm -hmm. And if she is owning that, if she's saying like, I am the giver of life, whether I push out a baby or not, when I move into a room, just my awareness, my contribution, like what I see is so valuable, so important. And I'm always taking time to make sure that I am filled because it's mm-hmm. only, we're the only ones who could do that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, you can train other people in your life to help you yes. with that. But first you have to know what you want. Of course, of course. So for the women that are like, okay, I am I am that woman who has been yeah. disconnected. I've been mm-hmm. blaming. I've been dry. I'm shut down. Yes. That is a I have friends in their 30s, never had an orgasm before, have been with partners mm-hmm. for years and years and years. They just it is a right. And I I I like you. I want to empower them <laughs> to experience all that's available. Where where does one begin in learning to pleasure oneself? One goes to www.mamaginas.com <laughs> yes. and like clicks on because I have like little free things mm-hmm. for people like a five day pleasure challenge, mm-hmm. which is very challenging to take five days and do a little bit of pleasure for yourself or any of my books yeah. I've written for pussy. A reclamation is my most recent. It's a great place to start because I always like to give exercises in the book. But it could be something simple, like if you're just listening to this podcast, you never open my website or my books, but you just think to yourself, hmm, I'm about to get uh, make myself a cup of tea. What? Which cup would I like? Mm. You know, do I want to have my coachable <laughs> podcast cup or do I want to have that old beautiful tea set that my grandma left me with the little gold handles or do I want to take myself out to a coffee shop and just take a few minutes Mm. to myself right now like which would give me the most pleasure even just having the thought Mm. about a thing that might be lovely Mm -hmm. it creates loveliness yeah so it's it it's it's not easy to to do by yourself you need Sisterhood, it mm-hmm. really helps because yeah. when you have a community of women that are all stoking the coals of pleasure, it is really helpful. Mm-hmm. But you can. Mm-hmm. You really can. You could pick a little flower from your garden and put it on your desk. Mm-hmm. Simple, but every time you see it, you'll think, I did that for myself. I matter. Yeah. And little things like that, they add up. They do. They do. You were just talking about the importance of having some teaching someone else how to pleasure you as well, how to how to participate in yes. this. I got the pleasure of meeting your partner who is here today. And I yeah. know that you recently got re-engaged. We got re-engaged. Mm-hmm. Although it feels like we're just engaged, but okay. we got re-engaged. <laughs> so I'm curious, what has your relationship 
journey been like and how has this work also influenced how you how you show up in partnership and what is that what does that look and feel like to you right now and how yeah. how does that contrast to maybe your history yeah uh, well let's see uh i would say that um oh where do you want me to start in mm. like the fact that i'm you know kind of how i've used the discipline of pleasure to inform my relationship life overall yes. or okay I would say that before I met Peter, who I, I is, I'm I'm so proud of our relationship and so grateful to him because it's it's almost like, mm, I I just I'm just so in love with him and I've never really had this experience before, but let's say on my journey, um, my tapping into my pleasure was super helpful and super transformative for me because, for example, I was a single mom raising my daughter and she was challenging. And so during the years of raising her, I recognized like, all right, you know, Regina, you have limited time, limited attention. You're not really going to be able to have like a boyfriend with mm. running a company and having a daughter. But you know, because I was like raising, raising her all by myself. Sure. It's, it's full-time. And then work was full-time. So I was like, but you could create loverships that could support you, that could keep you filled up and tapped into your feminine. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was aware of, let's say, my priorities mm -hmm. and my limitations. Mm -hmm. But my attunement to pleasure allowed me to really make decisions that worked for different periods of my life. Of then once my daughter went to college, I, I had a lot more free space and I was like, okay, now it's my moment. Mm. Now is my moment to like really draw in my beloved and mm. my partner. And that's exactly when I met Peter. Mm. So I'm curious what your relationship, how your relationship to the divine masculine has as you've increased your and and embodied and lived in your divine feminine, mm -hmm. how has that um, changed or enhanced your relation to to the masculine? Yeah, that's a really great question because I think in the beginning, you know, because um, like many women, and especially because I was running a not just a company but a global movement, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of parts and pieces and doing live events all year round and so forth. So there's a way, even though I was like the pleasure queen or the pussy queen, I was also, I had my big cock strapped on sure. and I was like doing organizing events yeah. and telling, you know, making staff and having staff and, you know, and, and using that masculine, because I have a really very well-developed masculine as well as feminine. But I would say during those years, especially the raising Maggie, raising the business years, I was really strapped in with my my huge, gigantic, <laughs> fabulous cock. Yeah. Um, and then I found, and so let's say when I was looking for a partner, mm -hmm. I kind of had a list. I was like, well, he has to have this much money and he has to be this looks like this and he has to be like um a alpha thought leader in the world so we could be you know 
uh, we could be co-beasts together and <laughs> like in the world. Like I just had this like list mm -hmm. and uh, uh, which was so not useful. Mm. My list was not acknowledging the divinity in a, in a manner, even relating to that. It was all about me, me, me. What did I, I, I in my big fat ego want? Mm -hmm. But it was like my desire taught me how to break open to loving deeper than I had ever loved mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the beauty when a woman is able to surrender her to her desire. It may take her on a circuitous pathway that's not linear. Right but it will always lead her not just to her dreams, but to something far greater than she could have ever imagined. Because I promise you, the women in my legacy, nobody, none of those women had that experience of being so deeply held and loved the way Peter holds and loves me. Wow. You know, people in my legacy, the w women married for different reasons, uh, for survival or yeah. other things. And so I just feel like, wow, I made it through to get to live the life of a woman who is truly loved and cherished. And I did not start out that way. And that I think is just a message in itself to all of the women listening to this show is that I think we think that that's almost a fairy tale, a fantasy. Right. We don't, mm -hmm. all, we don't have enough reference points and examples for that that is a real living tangible possibility it yeah. exists it is it, it's not just a hope and a dream yeah. it, like it it is possible for you to yeah to and find i that. think that desires they will break you mm. and then they will remake you mm. as long as you stay connected to your pleasure mm -hmm. and as long because when you know let's say even during the year that i was broken up with Peter's actually two total. I always longed for love. Mm -hmm. I never stopped longing to be like a woman loved in this body, in this lifetime, even though I'd broken up with him. I fell in love with somebody else. That thing blew up. There was no evidence mm -hmm. that it was going to, I was going to reconnect with Peter in this particular way, but it was like trusting my desires trusting my longings and fueling myself with my own turn on and radiance mm -hmm. and pleasure that allowed the great pussy in the sky or the divine one or the universe to lead me. Mm -hmm. And so it's, uh, I, 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 so I, it, and it's very different than a hero's journey. Mm -hmm. It's like the feminine journey is willing to be broken and remade over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. In your periods and seasons of longing and single, singleness, how did you love yourself mm. during that time when you were didn't have someone else that was actively also loving you? Okay, this is a really good question, and it kind of brings me back to something that you said at the very beginning of our conversation, which was you said as soon as you read Pussy or Reclamation, it almost brought you to this place of grief mm -hmm. inside of yourself mm -hmm. because you're like, whoa, how could I have never known about my own majesty as a yeah. woman? How could I have not known about the importance of pleasure? How could I have 
been so disenfranchised from myself as a woman. And so let's say for me, um, one key factor that allowed me uh, to stay connected with that desire was grieving, Mm. was, you know, being within my sisterhood, because I think sisterhood is the key. It is the most important thing to have your close girlfriends that they don't baby you Mm -hmm. or fix you. They hold space while you grieve, shed, just like in the East Coast where I live, the, it's autumn, mm-hmm. the leaves are shedding. We don't want to tape the leaves up there right. and say, don't fall leaves, no. Yeah. It's like, it's... We witness it. We Yeah, women's bodies are cyclical. We ovulate, we menstruate. That's that's how we hold life. And it's this. so for me and for you, you needed to, and all women, we need to go through that process of shedding, mm-hmm. grieving, fall, allowing ourselves to fall apart, being held and receiving the support of sisterhood and the support of our community so that we can then reconnect with our turn on yep. and reconnect with our longing. So I think that giving myself the space to do that mm. Because I wasn't just grieving the disconnect from Peter, but I was grieving, you know, the, my childhood, the lifetimes of never really receiving that divine masculine love that I always wished I could uh, have. And, you know, I had to lo- grieve whatever was separating me from embodying that truly. Yeah. And then uh, additionally, I, I did date other people because I thought, you know, this could go, I could reconnect with Peter, but... I could also see if there's another opportunity for me out there Mm -hmm. that I might be missing and I would just enjoy meeting and experiencing other men Mm -hmm. uh, and and saying yes to different adventures that opened up for me. So it was like, it it is a discipline. Pleasure is a discipline. It's a practice. If you, if you have, if you, it's very easy to have a miserable life. It's so simple. You just disconnect from your pleasure. You will have a miserable life. (laughs) And you want to, like when you're in, like when you're feeling like there's some times when you just want to just hide. Mm -hmm. But that discipline, like going to the gym, connecting to your pleasure, self-pleasuring, taking pleasure from your body, from, you know, this gorgeous, beautiful body as a woman and in whatever way that you can possibly connect to mm-hmm. your pleasure is every single day yeah. fuels a woman's desire and fuels a woman's ruptures. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Oh, well, you are also, as you said, you've, you run these massive events. You're the CEO of the school of womanly arts. You teach women this, these practices, the practice and the discipline of connecting with our pleasure and with our divinity and with our creative power. Yeah. What do you hope that women take away from this, this conversation, but also your work and your legacy and, and like, what is the, anything like that one message for women out there right now? Like, what do you, what do you want to speak into? I think that if I were to have one message, it would be that women are the greatest untapped natural resource on this planet. Mm -hmm. And the time to tap is now. 
women's voices are wanted and needed and required. We see it everywhere where in the world where uh, the masculine, the patriarchal voices are valued. It is There's so much imbalance, so much strife, so much ignoring of the climate and Mother Earth. And I feel that once women are tapped into their joy, their pleasure, their pussies, they will stand powerfully for what they envision, what they see, what they long for, not just now, but for the girls of today, the boys of today, who will be the men and women of tomorrow. You know, as women, we want to stand for this world to be alive and thrive and for each other. And when a woman's voice is unleashed, she sees the way and she wants to take everyone with her. Oof. Yes, 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 yes. The divine feminine says yes. So, yeah. Yes. That's so powerful. I hope and trust and know that the women and the men listening to this podcast and to the show today have received what they need, the medicine that they need, the permission slip, which I feel like you just give with your presence um, just by being yourself to women like me and around the world just saying you deserve what you desire. Mm-hmm. You're able and have the goddess within you like to connect with her yeah. anytime you choose, yeah. you know, and um, it's just this big fat permission slip to be in love and accept all that you yeah. are, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we need women's voices like you ringing and like you rooftops. Thank and you. like you, you know, yeah. because the doorways that you open for women that I will never touch is huge. And what's your vision? What oh. are your desires? I mean, I, the premise of this show and my life and my mission in the world is to lead and live a life that feels as good as it looks. Mm. Um, I want to be the embodiment and the example for other women of what it looks like to have an internal world that matches her external world. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. And the, the, the pleasure and the joy that I cultivate and experience within myself Mm -hmm. will only be reflected in my external world. Yeah. Yeah. So the more that I attend to that place as primary versus externally trying to control and shift and change things, Mm -hmm. um, they naturally kind of do that on their own. So just keeping that as the foundation in the center and letting my out, you know, the show or whatever I have in my life just be, a representation of what's happening on the inside of me. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous, gorgeous. And so it shall be or something even better. Yeah, amen. Uh (laughs) Oh, I love it. Thank you. Thank you for being all that you are. Thank you for your presence, for your mentorship, for your wisdom, for your medicine. Um, Please tell our audience what you're most excited about right now, what you're working on right now, how they can obviously Uh, find your books. mm. We'll put all of this information in the show notes. But yeah, please share with people. The thing I'm most excited about is I've just launched my very first pleasure coaching certification plan. Wow. So that means I'm, I'm getting to do, I'm going to have the privilege of mentoring a whole new generation, uh, a whole new group of women who have this longing inside of them to be of service, to to teach women about their pleasure, mm. to teach women to connect to their erotic aliveness, to use all the tools that I have at the School of Womanly Arts and 
to be able to develop their own coaching or facilitating business or working with therapists or other facilitators who want to just like add a little special sauce to their game. So I'm so excited about that because I love mentoring. Yeah. And it's my time of life to do that. Okay, so if somebody's interested in that, what do, where do they go? Mamagina.com? Yeah, mamaginas.com, www.mamagenas.com. Yes. Wonderful. That's where it is. Okay, you guys, we will put all of that information in the show notes along with Mamagina's information, how you can connect with her on social media. Um, this has just been a pleasure. It's been an honor. And I hope that you take not just what our words, but you feel our hearts. You feel the presence of what's pow- like possible when you connect your own power and the, the beauty, the, uh, anything that you can see in your mind, you can, you can create it. And you are that powerful portal creator. Um, so allow yourself to sit maybe in reverence today and sit in a stillness or a stillness or pleasure practice and envision what do you want to see created in the world? What more beautiful world would that look like for you? And know that you have the power to create it when you can connect and tap into that place of pleasure. So until next week, you guys go be coachable, go apply what you know. I love you. We'll see you next week on the Coachable Podcast. Okay, beautiful. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.